16. This number represents uncertainty, hardship, loss, panic, but also, and most importantly, growth, understanding, and preparedness. 16. When it relates to history, there have been many reasons humanity has been tested as a global society and not as individual countries. From war to famine to terrible dance crazes, I mean, can we acknowledge how bad and culturally incorrect the Harlem Shake was? But under specific and uncertain circumstances, it is the number 16 that is important. My name is Jeremy Schaus, and this is Let's Take It Back, a podcast that uncovers and discusses the origins of society's favorites. For this episode, we will first talk about some of society's not-too-favorable times, but also the favorites that spawned because of them. This episode will be a bit longer than usual, but hey, you have time. What else do you have to do? What do I mean by 16? Well, over the course of humanity's history, there have been 16 major pandemics that, as civilizations rose, struck them down. It is important to understand these pandemics, and more importantly, the human responses to some of them, in order to better understand what it takes to not just end these diseases, but to get ahead of its spread. It is to be noted that not every pandemic ended with a cure and that hundreds of millions of people perished due to these diseases. This episode will be full of sorrow and detrimental facts. There is no doubt about that. But it will also remember those who fought for the end. Number 1. Athens, 430 BC. The earliest recorded pandemic occurred during the Peloponnesian War, a war fought between the two most powerful city-states in ancient Greece, Athens and Sparta. The war lasted from 431 BC to 405 BC, and began when a collection of city-states, known as the Athenian League, which included Athens, grew too powerful for the Peloponnesian League, which included Sparta, and a civil war began. As the Spartans attacked and crossed Athenian walls, a disease, which had already traveled across North Africa to include Libya, Ethiopia, and Egypt, came with them. As much as two-thirds of the Athenian population died from the disease which is believed to have been typhoid fever, which included a fever, thirst, bloody throat and tongue, red skin, and legions. Due to the high level of deaths, Sparta soon won the war over the Athenians. Number 2. Roman Empire, 165 AD. What was known as the Antonine Plague, or what some believe was an early appearance of smallpox, ravaged the Roman Empire, but began with the Huns, a group of nomadic warriors and expert horsemen who originated out of the Middle East and Asia. The Huns' warfare was swift, and immense, as they rode across continents. It is said that the Huns first infected the Germans, who passed it on to the Romans, and then returning troops passed it throughout the Roman Empire. Symptoms included sore throat, fever, diarrhea, and if the person lived long enough, pus-filled sores. The Antonine Plague killed roughly 5 million people, including one of the most respected Roman leaders in history, Emperor Marcus Aurelius. You may remember Richard Harris playing Marcus Aurelius in the film Gladiator, but in reality, he was not killed by his son, Joaquin Phoenix. Number 3. Roman Empire again. 250 AD. 
named after its first known victim, the Christian Bishop of Carthage. The Cyprian Plague entailed symptoms of diarrhea, vomiting, throat ulcers, fever, and gangrenous hands and feet. The disease possibly originated in Ethiopia and spread throughout the Roman Empire as people fled cities to various countrysides to escape, but instead took the disease with them. There were recurring outbreaks over the next three decades and claimed the lives of up to 5,000 people a day in the empire. 4. Egypt, 541 AD. What is known as the Justinian Plague, this disease is thought to be the first significant appearance of the bubonic plague, which caused enlarged lymphatic glands and is carried by rats and spread by fleas. As the plague spread from Egypt to Palestine and on to the Byzantine Empire and Mediterranean regions, it is credited with squashing Emperor Justinian's plans to reunite the Roman Empire, which caused massive economic struggles. This plague also fueled apocalyptic sentiments across the regions, therefore spurning a rapid growth and spread of Christianity as citizens prayed for a miracle. Over the next two centuries, this plague killed up to 50 million people, which was about 26% of the world's population at the time. 5. Eurasia, 1350 Caravans of ships traveled from Asia to the port of Messina in the region of Sicily. From there, the second wave of the bubonic plague ravaged the densely populated cities of Europe. Originating in rats and transferred to humans by fleas, the disease killed 200 million people by its end, with the earth losing one-third of its population. It was so bad that the streets of cities reeked with the smell of dying corpses lying on the ground. Wars ended, feudal systems collapsed, and civilizations halted their territorial expansions. It took almost 200 years for the populations to recover. Now I know that sounds scary, but that's the worst one, I promise. 6. The Americas, 1492 Although he was not the first European to land on the shores of the Americas, he was the first to claim these lands were actually India. Christopher Columbus and his crew brought with them diseases that had not been introduced to the populations of indigenous peoples, such as smallpox and measles. In 1520, the Aztec Empire, regarded as one of the most advanced empires in the New World, was destroyed by a smallpox infection brought by the Spanish via their African slaves. By 1548, Hispaniola, the island presently divided between Haiti and the Dominican Republic, went from a population of 60,000 to less than 500. As these diseases traveled to North America, this process repeated itself to other civilizations. In 2019, research from scientists at the University College London concluded that the death of up to 56 million Native Americans in the 16th and 17th centuries may have altered Earth's climate. Once tilled land laid untouched, grew excess vegetation that drew more CO2 from the atmosphere, which in turn caused the air to cool. Why is Christopher Columbus popular again? 7. London, 1665 With the return of the bubonic plague to England, around 100,000 of London's population died, which was nearly 20%. As the death toll rose, civilians began to slaughter cats and dogs, thinking these animals were the reason for the outbreak. But it was the little flea once again, who spread the plague through the ports along the Thames River. The worst parts of the outbreak began to diminish in 1666. However, 
it ended just as another devastating event would occur, the Great Fire of London. The capital of England was not in a good place. 8. Russia, 1817. The poorest of citizens began to die from a new bacterium that spread through feces-infected water and food. Now known as cholera, it began in Russia and initiated the first of seven cholera pandemics that took over the next 150 years. The disease spread to most of the major continents via British soldiers. The British Empire and its navy spread it to Spain, Africa, Indonesia, China, Japan, Italy, Germany, and America. Over the next seven years, the death toll would reach into the millions across the globe. 9. Asia, 1855. What is considered as the third and final of the Great Plague pandemics. This particular plague killed almost 12 million civilians from 1855 to 1960. It was initially spread by fleas during a mining explosion in the Yunnan province located in southwest China. Fleas spread to India and Hong Kong, and in turn forced repressive policies by the British imperialist government. Several rebellions would begin due to these harsh sanctions. 10. Fiji, 1875. This beautiful island off the coast of Australia was once ravaged by the measles pandemic, which was brought to the island by a royal party that met with those of the British Empire in Australia. The party, now exposed to the disease, brought it back to their island of Fiji, and from there, it spread wildly. Entire villages died and were burned down. One-third of Fiji's population, a total of 40,000 people, died. 11. Moscow, 1889. Originating in Siberia and Kazakhstan, before traveling to Moscow and the rest of Europe, the first flu pandemic ravaged populations. It eventually made its way to Africa and North America, and is said to be of the avian origin, also dubbed H2N2. By the end of 1890, between 350,000 and 1 million people had died. 12. Worldwide, 1918. In the spring of 1918, a wire service in Madrid, Spain, reported a flu outbreak. At the time, there were no vaccines to treat this killer flu, and it swiftly spread throughout Europe, parts of Asia, and the United States, before moving to other countries around the world. Termed the Spanish flu, it originated with swine and was dubbed H1N1, killing almost 40 to 50 million people. The flu threat eventually disappeared in the summer of 1919, when most infected people either developed an immunity or died. 13. Hong Kong, 1957. The next flu pandemic began in Hong Kong and was dubbed H2N2. It spread throughout China, the United States, and England. Specifically in England, 14,000 people died over the course of six months. A second wave began in early 1958, causing almost 1.1 million deaths globally. There were 116 deaths in the United States alone. Soon, a vaccine was developed containing the pandemic. 14. United States, 1981. First being observed in American gay communities, HIV, AIDS, destroyed a person's immune system, resulting in eventual death by diseases the body would usually fight off. When symptoms subsided, the infected person became highly contagious through blood and bodily fluids. Now, the disease was observed in America, 
but it is believed to have developed from a chimpanzee virus from West Africa in the 1920s. It moved from Africa to Haiti in the 1960s, and then on to New York and San Francisco in the 1970s. Nearly 35 million people have died worldwide due to the AIDS virus. Although treatments have been developed to slow the progress of the disease, a cure is yet to be found. 15. China, 2003. Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, or SARS, was first identified in 2003 after several months of cases. It is believed to have begun in bats before spreading to cats and onto humans in China, followed by 26 other countries. SARS infected 8,096 people and killed around 770 people. This next part may sound familiar. SARS is spread through respiratory droplets from coughs and sneezes. China was criticized for trying to suppress information about the virus at the beginning of the outbreak. Eventually, quarantine efforts proved effective, and by July of 2003, the virus was contained and has not reappeared since. Global health professionals use the lessons of the SARS outbreak to improve outbreak responses, using these new ideas to keep diseases like H1N1, Ebola, and Zika under control. I could go into number 16, the COVID-19 outbreak, but many of us are still living it, and it may be better to focus on not what is, but what was and who was there to change it. As I said previously, some of these pandemics were incurable and only resolved themselves when millions had perished. But there were and are certain people and organizations that look for solutions on a daily basis. For example, the idea of quarantining began during the era of the Black Death that claimed almost 200 million lives worldwide. The idea of the contagion was beyond scientific knowledge in the 14th century, but researchers began to understand the relationship of proximity and chances of getting sick. Forward-thinking officials at the port of Ragusa in Venice decided to keep newly arriving sailors quarantined on their ships until they could prove they were not sick. Initially, sailors were left on their ships for 30 days, which became known in Venetian law as Trentino. Eventually, the number of days increased by 10 to 40 days, or a quarantino, which the word quarantine gets its name. Resolve number one. During the Great Plague of London in the 16th century, government officials closed all public gatherings and forms of entertainment and forced those who were sick to remain shut inside their homes. Red crosses were painted on the doors of the infected so others knew to stay away. It may have been so cruel as to keep those sick shut in, but it slowly curbed the spread of the last Great Plague outbreak. Resolve number two. As stated earlier, one of the most detrimental events to happen to indigenous populations in the Americas was the introduction of smallpox. 90 to 95% of the populations perished as their bodies could not fight off the disease. Well, in the 18th century, a British doctor named Edward Jenner discovered that milkmaids infected with a similar but milder virus called cowpox was immune to smallpox. To test his hypothesis, he did what anyone would do. He purposefully infected his gardener's nine-year-old son with cowpox and then exposed him to smallpox, which had no ill effect. Jenna wrote in 1801, The annihilation of the smallpox, the most dreadful scourge of the human species, must be in the final result of this practice. And you know what? Jenner was right. It took almost two centuries 
But in 1980, the World Health Organization announced that smallpox had been officially eradicated from the earth. Resolve number three. The cholera outbreak that ran through Europe via Russia in the mid-19th century soon made its way to Britain. Initially, British officials stated the disease spread through foul air, which they called miasma. However, thanks to British doctor John Snow, no connection to Game of Thrones, the disease was actually thought to be spread through London's drinking water. Snow began investigating and made a 10-day chart that tracked cholera deaths and found that 500 of those who died all had ties to the Broad Street Pump, a popular city well for drinking water. Snow urged local officials to remove the pump handle so the water could not be used, and like that, the amount of infections decreased. Now, John Snow did not eradicate the disease, but his careful investigation and action led to a global effort to improve urban sanitation and protect drinking water from contamination. These efforts, however, are either slow or non-existent in some third world countries today. It is due to the work of these scientists and researchers that many of the diseases are now gone or heavily combated through vaccines and regulations. In the modern day, researchers at various organizations such as the CDC and World Health Organization work 24-7 to find cures for diseases that plague civilizations. The World Health Organization is composed of representatives from 194 countries and has played a part in the eradication of smallpox alongside Edward Jenner, near eradication of polio, and the development of the Ebola vaccine. These bodies are in place for situations like, well, what most of the world is in right now. Everyone take a deep breath. We just covered a lot of history's pandemics, observing unwarranted deaths and bringing a sense of darkness to our ears. But it is necessary to hear. History is full of darkness and despair, but it is in this uncertainty and panic that we find heroes, hope, and advancements that we may not have found. Raw history is tough to swallow, but needed in order to move forward. George Santania, a former professor of philosophy at Harvard, once said, those who cannot remember the past are doomed to repeat it. I'm sure you have heard this phrase one time or another, but maybe you have not truly grasped its significance. Now, on this day, you might. Special thanks to History.com, the World Health Organization, and CDC websites, as well as to everyone, past and present, who works tirelessly to treat those who are sick and seek an end to these diseases. Here's to you. My name is Jeremy Schaus, and this has been Let's Take It Back.